Welcome to Under the Hood Podcast. In this podcast, we pop the hood and give you an inside look at the hows and whys of our ministry here at Cornerstone Church. I'm Michael Knave, your host. It is so good to have you join me. Yes, just me this time for this episode. And in a unique way, you could say this is our very first repeated topic under the hood. This is repeating what was in episode two, why we call SBC. So here's what triggered the repeat. Not because I want to talk about it again, but because first, I just returned from my very first ever Southern Baptist National Convention. So it's fresh on my mind, and I really did some serious soul-searching, stirred up a lot of emotions for me, challenged some convictions, and introduced some concerns, and I I want to present that to you and share the journey that I've been on. Secondly, th- this whole topic of being Southern Baptist, as I shared on episode number two, the fact that Cornerstone is connected to the Southern Baptist Convention is one of our best kept secrets. Um, one of the biggest surprises people experience when they go through first steps. Now, being completely vulnerable about our connection to the Southern Baptist Convention, we don't hide it. And at the very same time, we don't broadcast it because we know that people have preconceived notions about what it means to be Southern Baptist. We don't put Southern or Baptist in our name or put it anywhere on a billboard. So when you come to First Steps and we talk about our roots and where we came from and coming out of First Baptist in Marion, uh, we talk about our connection to being an autonomous local voluntary expression of connection to the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay, so I'm, I'm going back. Let's let's talk through the, these emotions, this conviction, the concerns that I had when I was at the National Convention. So this year it was in New Orleans, and the first thing I got to share with you is that when I was there on site, I had this overwhelming experience that it is even bigger than I thought. It's not that I didn't know how big the Southern Baptist Convention is, but this time I I felt it. Like, I almost had a sense of awe. Like, I was in the room, this massive convention center with 12,700 registered messengers. Like, 12,700 people representing some 47,000 congregations. Every weekend, about 4 million people gather in Southern Baptist churches across the United States. 4 million people representing almost 14 million members, people who identify as being in one of these churches connected to the Southern Baptist Convention. And the Southern Baptist Convention is, is by two times the largest Protestant denomination in the United States of America. It's, it's, it's just big. Okay, so two things I brought home with me, two convictions, two discoveries, um, two realizations for me. Number one, this, this huge thing that we call the Southern Baptist Convention 
is a spectacular representation of how amazing it is. What amazing things people can do when we really team up together. Like I, I shared back in episode five, Hurt Scar Badge Pride, like how God brought us to a place of being more for the Big C Church than we are for Little C Cornerstone. Like when we team up as the Church of Jesus, it's incredible what we can do together. The Southern Baptist Convention is an expression of people saying, hey, bigger than just our local church, we're a part of something bigger. And when people, when followers of Jesus specifically do things together, it's it's quite spectacular what can be done. So here are a few of the things that I notice. I'll, I'll list off four. First of all, are our colleges and seminaries. So as a convention, we have these private schools. But because of our partnership, when we go as students to these schools, we go at half price. Think state tuition level. I have benefited from our seminaries. Nathan Rawls is benefiting right now from our seminaries and several others who are connected to Cornerstone and, and, and people we've sent out from Cornerstone. And one of the, one of the really exciting things, we're, we're setting up our residency, which was episode 17, where our residents who are on the team here at Cornerstone will get some tuition-free credits at seminary. Yes, classes we teach here, we'll be able to authorize them and get them tuition-free credits that they can take on with them to get a full seminary degree. So, oh my goodness, because there are millions of us, we have access to affordable education as we look for ways to better train uh, people who are being called into ministry to serve to serve the Lord. Colleges and seminaries. Number two is Lifeway. Like Lifeway is our publishing house, so incredible resources, curriculum. Uh, when I was there, I'm messaging with with Christine, talking about a curriculum that we could use, and we're, we're really excited about some things that we're going to be doing in the future, things we're looking at. And Lifeway is the sponsor of Centrikid and Centrifuge. So Morgan Jones was just raving about the quality of Fuge this year for our teens. Lifeway is the organization that runs what is such a treasure to us of being able to send our kids and our teenagers to really valuable experiences in in our camp. So that's that's number two. Number three would be the North American Missions Board. North American Missions Board primarily focused on church planting. Now, now for some of us, we struggle to understand, why do we need more churches? Why is it such a big deal to be planting more churches? Well, here's the deal. Number one, compared to the U.S. population, there are fewer churches today than there were 100 years ago. So the, the population of the United States has far outpaced the number of churches being planted and Now we have in America churches dying at a staggering rate, dying and closing. We desperately need new churches. And one of the sessions we attended was the partnership of a seminary and the North American Mission Board to partner in the preparing of staff and the sending to new churches for church plants in the United States. 
And then also I had other conversations with the church planting director and another seminary president to say, hey, how can we partner together? As we have church planters, as we have men and women who sense God calling them to be sent out, we are going to be able to secure funding for them to help with these new church plants and to align them with the training they need to be able to be sent out for the Big C Church. Incredible opportunity we have to partner with the North American Mission Board. And then, finally, number four, is the International Mission Board, focused exclusively on foreign missionaries. And at the convention, there were about 80 missionaries commissioned. Truly one of my favorite parts. Definitely one of the most valuable parts, because I realized as a pastor, I have no idea how to train a missionary to go to a culture I don't understand, speak a language I sure don't know, to be able to go in and train indigenous leaders to lead churches and to be a part of a gospel movement in lands that I've never even heard of, in locations that some don't even have access to the gospel. And as they presented these new missionaries, there were actually some of them, they didn't show their faces. They didn't tell their last names because they are going into areas that are actually closed to the gospel, where it's illegal to come in as a Christian missionary. And so they're going into those lands at threat of their lives. They've taken jobs to give value to the place that they're going, and their real passion is to seed the gospel in these regions that right now do not have a real and authentic presentation of the gospel. Because we are partners in this thing called the Southern Baptist Convention, we have the International Mission Board, and we give to something bigger than us. We get to be a part of missionaries being sent out from us, even though we have no idea how to train those missionaries to go do that. So my, my first reaction coming back from the convention is, wow, this thing is huge. It is amazing what we can do together. And then uh, with that size, it's, it's no wonder we make the news when things are controversial. With being that big, uh, no wonder we don't agree on everything SBC. This year, the big news, the big controversy was the role of women in ministry. You may have read an article, heard a report about churches who have recently been removed from the Southern Baptist Convention. The most famous of those churches is Saddleback Church of Orange County, Florida. They were disfellowshipped earlier this year, and that decision was appealed in person by Rick Warren. So of purpose-driven fame, purpose-driven church, purpose-driven life, Saddleback appealed and lost that appeal at the annual meeting. Then, the next day, the messengers at the annual meeting, contrary to the advice of our executive committee who had worked uh, over a year and, and said, no, we don't recommend you do that, regardless of that, the messengers at the meeting, contrary to the advice of the executive committee, took the first step to create a constitutional amendment that makes male leadership even more dramatically restrictive for a cooperating Southern Baptist church. So the new amendment states... The convention is only in friendly cooperation with churches that affirm, appoint, 
or employ only men as any kind of pastor or elder as qualified by Scripture. Now, let me pause for just a second and say really soon, we're going to be doing multiple episodes talking through our cornerstone convictions. So by conviction, we mean those standards that guide the practice of our faith. We're going to start working through them through some really important convictions that that don't define our belief. It doesn't make us Christian or not Christian, but it guides the practice of our faith as followers of Jesus. So we have beliefs. That's what makes us Christian. Then we have convictions that guide how we practice our faith here at Cornerstone. And in those topics is going to be the topic of complementarian. We are complementarian, meaning that we're convinced that the roles of women and men are uniquely and complementary in his church and, and, and in a family. So here's the reality. In general, we agree that elders and husbands are uniquely male by God's design. And even though I sat there at those meetings realizing, okay, I mean, i pretty much agree with this. Um, there was one word in this new um, new amendment to the Constitution that really made me flinch, this word affirm. Uh, it, it really concerns me because it feels like I can't even affirm that another church has a female pastor, another, another genuine church who just has different convictions than us. It's like, wait a minute. So if I have a female pastor serving in another church, if I say, oh yeah, I recognize you are the pastor of that church, am, am I in violation? But, but far more troubling to me than that was the tone. Like the tone of not just people who stepped up to the microphone to say what they wanted to say, but the tone of some of our, our leaders. Um, I perceived, my perception, that there, there was an attitude um, that uh, about being right, that really troubled me. Uh, there we were, um, disfellowshipping churches as a convention. And it felt like some of our leaders cared more about being right than they cared about severing congregations from our fellowship. Um, I, I get it. It is imperative for church and even a denomination to be unified. But the way some of our leaders spoke, it sounded like they cared far more about being heard than they did about hearing. Um, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, for the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. I, I really found myself troubled, um, really troubled. Like that. I had a time that I was so stirred up that I wasn't sure I could stay. Um, and I sh wasn't sure what that meant for Cornerstone. I mean, I did some serious soul searching. And so on, on one hand, it's like, yeah, it's amazing what we can do together. And then at the same time, but do I, do I even want to be a part of it? Can I, can I even affirm that what's happening is right, and that I, I want to be a part of this thing that's happening. And then as, as I continued to process it more and more, as I, I did pray about, as I spent some time with the Lord, I, I really sensed um, 
I really sensed the Spirit say to me to challenge me to be the change I want to see in our convention. Yes, I I get it. I look up ahead and I maybe uh, there may come a time when the distractions and the detriments outweigh the benefits. Um, But what if we, what if we become the change that we want to see in our fellowship? What if Cornerstone, at least in the times people find out we're connected to the SBC, what if, what if we are the ones who change the perception of what it means to be Southern Baptist right here in Southern Illinois? What if we change the tone? What if we, even when we disagree with other people, differing convictions, even with other Christians, what if our tone is so filled with love? What what if our countenance shows that we care so much about hearing that we are the change that we want to happen out there? What if even when we speak about convictions and passions, we do so with such grace that people begin to identify the way we have changed with the change we want for our conviction. And I'll say again, sure, there may come a time when we can no longer walk in agreement with the Southern Baptist Convention. There might be a time, but until that time, we have no idea what's coming up in the future, but until that time, what if we represent with all of our hearts, in all of our words, in all of our actions and attitudes, the change we want to see. I'm inviting you to take that journey with me to go all in until we can't. What if the Lord uses us to bring change, to change tones, attitudes, and actions in such a way that the incredible resources we have as a convention of millions and millions of people are used to bring about both change and multiplication and more and more missionaries and churches sent out. What might happen in our world if we partner like that? I invite you to take that journey with me.